The two Jills, a psychologist and psychic intuitive, reveal mind-blowing insights that turn psychology, self-help, and conscious teachings on their heads. Why? Because they work. Real help, sincere growth is here. Welcome to Psyched. Hi, Jill. Hi, Jill. I'm very happy to be here today on Psyched. We are going to be talking about knowing when to quit. Do we know when to quit? Um, and I think the first part that I want to mention about quitting is, is the defining. And I'll define it and you can define it, but I want to make sure that we understand what we're talking about, right? So for me, quitting is not a sign of failure. It never, never is. Um, to me, quitting is a sign of freedom. It It's a choice that we make. And whenever we're making choices, in my opinion, those are, those are free choices, right? So quitting, I don't want it to have a bad rap. As you listen, you know, to this, we're not saying give up. I like that. I would add just perfectly. I, well, I love what you said. So adding onto it, sometimes it's giving in to the reality of the situation that you didn't have awareness of when you said yes to something, right? So I, I have the same, there freedom, there's freedom in quitting, there is peace sometimes in quitting. And some of you may be thinking, what are you quitting? We're talking, we're going to talk about it all. Yeah, we're going to get into let it. <laughs> let it, let yourself receive it as generalized enough to be specific to whatever you are considering quitting or somebody that you're supporting, that they're considering something that they want to quit, wish they could quit, right? Yes. And to your point, you know, it's, it goes to relationships, it goes to jobs, you know, it goes to even friendship relationships, right? Um, it could go, it could be a diet, uh, a medication, an eating regimen, you know, it's really a the sport you took on that you don't like anymore. It really doesn't matter what it is. You know, there's this idea that at least I grew up with that you should stick with things, that there was a certain amount of integrity in that. And that when you didn't, it sort of showed a weak character, you know, or, or a flaky character um, that you couldn't follow through with something. Right. And a lot of times I would follow through with things and I felt like it was to my detriment, all in service of this belief that, you know, you don't quit. Quitters never prosper, whatever, you know, um, whatever the the belief system was. But it was definitely like you stick in there no matter what. Mm -hmm. Sometimes when we don't quit, we actually make things worse for everybody that's there, including for ourselves. So I think there can be some self-deception for anyone that is sticking with something only because, well, I have to stick it out. I'm not a quitter. You know, quitters never win and never winners never quit. You know, all of those types of sayings, right? Um, I This is such a silly story, but I'll tell it. I should have quit band in eighth grade. <laughs> no, wait, it was ninth grade. It was ninth grade. It was in junior high. I should have quit because I moved from Minnesota to Idaho and they did it totally differently here. And I was bored out of my mind. We played like three pieces, like the entire quarter, just because those were the ones we were going to play in performance. And we didn't do that where I was from. So I was, so I got to be really sassy and sarcastic and I got kicked out of band when I, because I should quit. So <laughs> he said, okay, get out here. And I'm like, Oh, what is it going to be? Oh my God. Could it be this? Could it be this? Oh, it might be this like shock and awe of the three pieces we were working on. I was bored stiff. Yeah. And he was like strand. Cause that was my main name. Go to the counselor's office. <laughs> Apparently the counselor had been waiting for me for two weeks. Cause the band teacher had already talked to him. Like, we got to get this strand girl out of here. She's toxic. <laughs> So I, I happily joined the choir. <laughs> we we sang lots of pieces. Anyway, so I should have quit. We are, I've become like totally pro quitting when it's a win-win situation, right? Yes. So I don't recommend toxicity or passive aggressiveness or anything like I did at my in my teenage years at that instance. But there are so many ways that we are where we don't want to be. And I don't think that's a win-win situation. I don't think we're doing anyone any favors. 
right? Right. And you and, know, oh, I'm thinking it that like, oh, there's the best time to quit. Think of how many people get divorced after the kids are out. I know adults that are just at, they, they perceive it as just as traumatized if their parents were divorced at five years old or 25 years old. Right. And I think that's what the brain does also, right? The brain has this mechanism where it makes excuses, rationalizations, and justifications for why we should stick with something. A lot of times it's the strangest things, but when we're in relationships, we have this fantasy that if we just stick with it longer, things will get better, right? That is a brain trap that more is the solution. Just a little longer of suffering is the solution to freedom, right? It just extends the suffering. And you really want to watch your brain in these instances, right? And a lot of times there's a a staying with something because of the past. We've put in so much effort already and the future. We, I think we could get there if I just put in a little more effort. This whole equation is just dead wrong. So whenever you're even thinking, should I stay with something, make sure the past is not determining it and make sure the future is not determining it. Those are two brain constructs that will keep you right where you are thinking something different is going to happen, right? And so people are like, well, you know, I've been in this relationship so long. I'm like, what's, what's the point? I don't even understand that reasoning, right? In the way I look at things now. It has no bearing on where you are right now if you're contemplating and considering doing something different. Yeah, I hear you. And for somebody that that what Jill Ankler just said is shocking, just think about it for a moment. Because what we're saying is there's a part of you that feels like I refuse to admit that I failed, but that's not what we're saying. No. So if there's a part of you that no matter how many years or months or hours you've committed to something and really, really wanted it to work, thought it would go differently, but for whatever reasons, and it maybe doesn't matter what the reasons are, it's not going the way you thought it would. It's not feeling the way you thought it would feel to, or it's not, it's not getting the results that you thought it would. Yeah. Giving yourself that permission to go this, had I known then when I said, yes, what I know now, I wouldn't have said, yes, I wouldn't have made this commitment. And it doesn't, it's illogical to take new information and deny the new information and the new experience you have with something, right? Right. And it's not out of it. Take what, you know, take the lemon juice out of the lemon and move on. Give yourself the freedom to give, get a fresh start in something else. I love that. And so there is no regret. I know you and I see this a little differently, right? But I, I don't like to where you it in some ways if i if i had the information that i have now yeah i would make a different choice but that's that's also in a weird way irrelevant right because i didn't have that information and at every moment i can only work with the information that i have and to your point you have to keep updating and allowing for the fluidity of life and relationships right the nothing is set in stone here so we should be constantly reassessing and not with the binary, should I stay or should I go? But just how am I doing? Where am I at? Check in with yourself. You're not assessing a relationship to decide whether or not you're going to leave it. There are a million other reasons to take a radical, honest assessment of where you are in your relationship because they're fluid and they're tweakable, right? And we don't, we don't do that. Immediately the brain goes to, I'm not happy. I think it's the relationship I should get out of here, right? It's making all of these erroneous associations that you have to slow that puppy down, watch where it's taking you. Most things are, or let's say many things, they're malleable, updatable. I don't want to say fixable, but they're, they're able to evolve. We do that really, really well here, but we don't let ourselves do that. You know, when people say, you're not the person I married, I'm like, yeah, great. That's like the best thing you ever told me. I don't want to be the person you married. I want to have grown with you. I want to have, have had experiences with you that add to 
who who I am and how I am. So yeah, fluidity, big, big word. I like that. And I love it that you pointed out, Joel, thank you for the, the, it's not, it's not stay or go. There's a lot of, there's a lot of, it's non-binary. There are a lot of different creative ways of really looking at it. And if you're not feeling equipped to do that, get help, right? You seek assistance from a wise friend or someone like Jill and I that can help you kind of really look at this from another angle. I'm super good at that. Looking at the entire situation from like underneath it and on top of it and from behind you and looking at it. From, and then it, when you point it out, like, actually, I don't think you should quit your town and spend tens of thousands of dollars to move to another area. I don't think that's the issue, right? Yeah. Think of how many of us, and this might be being a little more on the esoteric side, a lot of us feel like we don't fit in here, like in humanity. <laughs> so if you, if you're, if that is you, and there's a part of you going, I don't, I don't feel like I got off on the wrong, wrong bus stop here. Mm -hmm. Moving and, you know, looking for, I must be doing this wrong. I must be doing that wrong versus, oh, I'm a, I'm my own thing yes. in a place I often feel like I don't fit in. That's a totally different challenge to face. Agreed. And I, I feel the same in, in terms of not fitting in. I feel like there's so much more to me all the time. Right. And I, I sometimes try to blame things, people, places around me for, for that inhibition, for not being able to express that. Right. So I think the, one of the key things about quitting and knowing when to quit is, is for you to take stock of, you don't quit something because in a weird way, you feel like it's holding you back and quitting is your solution. Quitting is actually never really a solution. Quitting is a choice. Once you've taken stock and you say, okay, that doesn't serve me anymore, but it's not a solution for you to feel better, be happier, be liberated, because that requires fundamental change in the way you look at things, in the way your brain operates, Otherwise, you're going to quit and the next thing you pick or the next relationship or the next job is going to end up in the same place that this one was because no fundamental shift has taken place. And I always tell people, divorce is not a solution, right? Divorce is when you are ready for more, like when you are ready it's it's almost like a readiness. And so when you get to that ready point, it's not like, a fraught decision, should I or should I not divorce? It comes from your knowing and it's what I call a clean energy, right? So I often tell people, if your energy is not clean and you're not at peace with your decision, you can wait a little longer because even in divorce, you're still gonna fight with that person. You're still gonna have the same energetic, nothing will have actually shifted but a piece of paper, right? So there's a time to do it. And this is barring, obviously, any abuse, any things like that. You know, it's just one of those slow simmering things like should I, shouldn't I, that you've been contemplating for a really long time and thinking, if I just got a divorce or if I just changed my job, everything would be better. That's, in from where I sit, a little bit of a hard no. Beautiful. Because what I hear you saying, Jill, is that sometimes in the midst of, oh my God, I can't do this anymore. There can be this glorification of the, the quitting or the divorce or the leaving or whatever, thinking, I, you know, if it's divorce situation or relationship, I never want to see your face again. Well, <laughs> if there's kids involved and property involved, guess what? You are going to see them again. <laughs> so, so yeah. the dramatic decision of, oh, it's it. I'm done with this. You know, and it doesn't, it's very anticlimactic because well, shit, there they are again. <laughs> yes. Anticlimactic is the perfect, <laughs> yes, the perfect word on that. Right. And it's, it's sort of like saying, do I see this as a solution to my problems? You should ask that question. And then you should be like, okay, what are my problems? Because that person, place or thing or job or boss is not actually what the problem is, right? They are triggering in a weird way your introspection that's good. not your i gotta run out of here as fast as i can and you know put the place on fire yeah right that's, that's a, a that's a different energy decisions. yeah that what and you and i have talked about this before as friends that 
when there is this like, oh, I really want to make a statement, that's probably not the right time to make a decision because it's got a lot of energy related to it that is probably not helping you think clearly. And that's that's also perfectly said. You are not thinking clearly, right? The brain is not, it's queuing up old programs and they're more desperate type mm-hmm. of programs trying to, in a weird way, punish you for wanting to choose something different in a weird way, right? And and it's under those, it's, it's like you fighting with yourself. You're not fighting with your boss. <laughs> you know, you're fighting with yourself. And so watching the brain around these things and, to, you know, it's like what you said before, Jill, you and I love, I see people's brains. You see people's brains. We don't get lost in the content. He should, he said this, she did that. He treats other people differently than he treats. We don't care, right? We will listen, of course, but that that's not where we go. We go deeper, mm-hmm. right? We definitely go deeper and we help you watch your brain and not get lost in the swirl of the content, right? Because we don't make good decisions when we're embroiled in content because we really don't know what's going on and we misidentify what the problem is. And if you misidentify the problem, you are definitely going to misidentify the solution. Exactly. And the solution isn't one thing. The solution, and this is where I think I find the brain tricks us a lot of times. The brain has this, this, um, the set that there is an answer. I just need to find it. There is a solution. The universe holds the answer for me. I just need to be present and access it within myself. And meditate on it. <laughs> but what if the universe or God or whatever, whatever is your higher power actually doesn't have an answer for you? What if that widest range of you is, is looking at you like, I don't know, what do you want to do? What do you want to try next if you're not happy now? Yeah. And that's a totally different path. That's a totally different treasure hunt. Then there is there is a treasure. There is a mark with an X and I just need to find it versus I can dig anywhere I want to. And I might find something. I might find nothing. I might get some seeds and have some snack, you know, whatever. <laughs> you don't know what you're going to get. <laughs> but for lack of clarity, because quitting tends to be associated with an uncertainty of what should I do? Right. Right. I do have a technique that, um, that I love to use. It's, I didn't come up with that that long ago, but intuitively it came to me and it's worked so well. Okay. Is it okay if we kind of go through it? Yes. Yes. We need a technique. Take a couple nice deep breaths. Mm. Mm. Nice. And then I want you to visualize that there is a microphone that somebody has at your mouth but don't say anything yet. And now we're moving the microphone down right to your heart space. And now I'm moving the microphone down to your gut, your gut level. What is it? What is your gut saying to do? Stay, quit. I don't know. The gut tends to have a very clear, a lot more clarity than the, than the heart center does. And then the brain does. And it's, I don't like it as one solution, but it's a really nice little technique to add to your toolkit of how you are wading through some sort of possibly quitting something. I like that. And, you know, as you, as you take the breath and you go down a little bit, the, the idea for me is the brain is frenetic, right? So there's just a lot of circular reasoning up here um, that makes you feel like you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. And this is my technique. Whenever I get into that catch 22, should I stay or should I go? Right. At that point, I know that neither of those is correct. And I know that there's another way. And that's what I, in a weird way, I wait for. And your process can help with that, right? To kind of say, okay, it's saying there are only two choices, both of them suck. And that's what creates and it's trying to make you make, if you stay up here above the neck, it's trying to make you make an impulsive decision when you're telling yourself, neither of these is good. That's the part when now you get down to your heart and that's the radical honesty. Okay, neither of these choices feels good right now. That does not mean you're trapped. The brain says, sorry, you're screwed. Pick one of the, you know, 
pick the worst, the better, best of the worst. But then as you go down, there is a space where like, ah, neither of those is correct. The brain is teeing up only two choices amongst infinite possibilities. The question is not, do I stay or or do I go? And the gut knows that. If your gut says, it's not even saying don't quit. It's saying don't move. Not yet. It allows you to take the pause. It allows you to dismiss the shitty options that the brain is queuing up there. And it stops the impulsivity, right? So if you only have two choices and they're both shitty, when in doubt, don't. When in doubt, don't. It's not the right energy, not the right time, and you're not thinking clearly. Beautifully. The heart can be too focused, especially for those of us that are very um, people pleaser, empathic, super sympathetic and compassionate towards others. What will, you know, how will others be affected, right? Um, The heart centered kind of voice in the matter may also be skewed and distorted, Mm -hmm. um, especially if it is distorted towards being in service to others while while being possibly in disservice to you, right? right? So that's where the gut added in can be really helpful. And that's where the, that's the other catch 22. It's like, if I win, they lose. How life to me is about win-win and there's always a win-win option. The brain doesn't look for win-win options. It looks for compromise. And I'm not a big fan of compromise. There's a place for it, but you definitely don't start there. And so for me, helping myself out can't be hurting another. It means I'm misinterpreting what's going on. I'm just seeing it through the wrong lens. A lot of times I've spoken to people and they're like, I'm not going to fire this person. You know, they do a terrible job. They're so unhappy in their job, but they, they come in every day and they're like, you know, please, I need this job. I need this job. They're miserable. And we're listening to what they're saying, but, and they are not able to quit. Some people just can't quit because they're too afraid of the future, right? So the devil they know, no matter how unhappy they are, that's the sacrifice we're talking about. Sacrifice is never required. And we feel bad letting that person go. Maybe, just maybe, we're doing them a service. So I don't, I don't take that, what I just said lightly, but I also understand that sometimes, and I've been in that position, like after I've gotten fired or after something, you know, that I didn't want to happen was forced happen. Like I wasn't going to initiate the, the decision-making, the quitting. Um, And I would wait around. I have a very high threshold for suffering very, very high. It's much less now. I don't do it now. But I used to stay in things until I was dragged through the mud and waiting for that other person to break up with me, to fire me, to whatever. I was waiting, right? And I definitely don't do that anymore. But what they set me free. I mean, there's not a time when that that I look back on. Sometimes it takes a year to figure out that you've been set free. And this is another hack that I use, grievance blocks miracles. So basically, if somebody, if you get fired against your will, look at it, and a lot of people do this, like you quit. Look at it like you chose it, right? And then figure out why you chose it. Send the brain, rather in the victim mode, put yourself in choice, regardless of how it got there. Put yourself in choice, say, I chose this, and now I'm going to look around and see why. If you stay in grievance against that other person, you will miss your freedom. You will miss the liberation that's around you. You will miss the why. And you won't take advantage of everything that's in front of you because you'll be sitting home in this angry energy, just bemoaning the fact that this happened to you. And that's a very disempowered position. Neither you or I espouse disempowered positions. You can always start an empowered position by just 
taking on I'm here now. You know, so I think I lumped a bunch. I think I lumped a bunch of, yeah. So maybe you have to listen to it a few times. Maybe Jill will make sense of what I've just said, but there are a bunch of different strategies in there that you can employ to put yourself back in the driver's seat and make, you know, quitting your bitch and just kind of move on no matter how um, an event transpired. I appreciate what you said because there is, there can be a very, um, if you're the one that's being quit on, <laughs> right? If you're the one that's been quit by either quit. being fired or divorced or, you know, I don't want to be friends with you anymore. If you're on the receiving end of somebody quitting, right? Quitting you, there can be a lot of layers to it. And if you stay in that state of, as I like your word, grievance too long, you are missing out on the additional opportunities to really take stock and really reflect on, okay, that sucks. Now what, now what do I want to do? Or now what, what do I want to be in this situation? So I like your strategy and I think that can work well. And another strategy that people may want to use is have it's some, I like to visualize like pots on the stove and you have a little pot with a really, really perfect lid. Like that lid was designed for that pot for the disappointment or the grief or the sadness that it didn't go the way you wanted it to. And the reason you want that little pot on the back burner is that then you're not denying if you, if you do have grief about it, if you do have sadness and disappointment with it, you have a space for that, but it's contained. And that frees up your energy, the other layers of you that maybe are excited, that maybe, maybe you want to make the lemonade out of the lemons that have just been handed to you. Or maybe you really feel like this could be the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. Cause that does happen a lot for people. I've been, you know, I was in business long enough to be, you know, around during layoffs and things like that. And when I would see people, uh, you know, two months after they were laid off, maybe they weren't so happy, but a year later, so many times I heard from people, I'm getting goosebumps. Mm-hmm. That was the best thing that ever happened to me. Yeah. Right now. That's that individual that chose to have that experience. Right. So there are things that happen beyond our control and I'm okay with that. I, you know, I, I totally get that. There are some people like, no, it's important for them to be effective, that they feel like they choose it. I'm not one of those people. So another strategy, if, if you're more like that, that you don't have to, you know, make it into something it isn't. If you were fired, you were fired and you didn't choose to fire you, but they did. So it is what it is. If, if you're okay with that and can be blunt with yourself in that way, then you can just be real that huh, that's this, this, there's some humi- humiliation involved. This is embarrassing, but there's a bigger part of you that's like, but what do you want to be in this, right? So for so many of us, whether we're on the receiving end of being, of being quit or we're on the quitter end of putting something or someone else, there is sometimes too much energy dedicated to, but how will they take it? Now, this isn't about quitting supplements or diet because your supplements aren't going to cry if mm-hmm. they hand it off to a friend that maybe wants to try them and you didn't like them or whatever. I should have done that. I don't like it. You may love it, you know, whatever. Um, that opportunity for you to recognize how they receive it is not your job. Yeah. Be your best you. Be I, I always recommend being compassionate and understanding and wise and clear, right? Give them the information that you feel would be helpful for them for how you came to the decision you came to, if they're open to that in a letter, maybe if they can't listen to you. Um, And then just let it go because how they receive it is not your job. Might they fall apart? They might fall apart, but might they just be like, you know what? I've been thinking the same thing, right? They might have that response too. And that's them. They get to be them and you get to be you. Yeah. And look, how they, how people receive things, you know, it's not, yes, it's, it's none of our, it's, we can only control ourselves, right? But they're still, they're still in the energy of what was, right? So naturally, it might be jarring to, for you to come in with something different, Right. Whether, you know, if you're, if you're in a relationship and you're like, okay, I want to switch this up, people, you know, the tendency for the brain is to like, you know, to put the toothpaste back in the tube. No, 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 no. Let's just go back. Let's go back to the way it was. So people don't tend in my experience to be like, oh, I'm so glad you did that. <laughs> you know, um, yes, people do come sometimes and think, you know, I was thinking the same thing. We're, we're more on the same page than we realize, you know, and that's a great conversation starter for evolution, like we talked about earlier. 
But for the most part, people resist change. And See, if you're changing, yeah, you, you don't think that they do? My no, people resist change. <laughs> no, yeah, I'm just saying that I, I have, rather than try to, in my, in my, I guess what I would offer is rather than try to predict how they're going to receive it, just be curious about how they're going to receive like it. That. You don't yeah. need to even guess whether they're going to take it well or whether they're going to take it horrible. Again, that's not your job either. But right? that's the brain. It right? is. The that's brain. the brain. So, so my, my, analytics, I can go into data of some people, obviously people that who, what percentage is, I don't, it, it maybe doesn't matter as much as we think it does. Right. But all I know is we all have choices and somebody can make it the most miserable day ever. And somebody else can be like, this hurts now, but this might be the best thing that happens to me. And some people are just glass half empty and some people are just glass half full. I do believe some people actually love change and some people don't like change. Yeah, I think that's right. And you know what, you, you just like, you know, this was an in vivo example of sort of following the brain's thinking of I'm worried about how that person's going to be and trying to keep you in your place. You know, if you're, if you're sentimental about it or trying to make you feel like you're a bad person, if you're going to do that, because the brain has teed up its version of what's going to happen. And then you react to the brain's version. And so Mm -hmm. I love what you're saying. You know, the brain get, that's how subtle the brain is, right? Really, it's for you to just say, I know what the brain is telling me. And I do this a lot. I, and I've said this in other podcasts, I'm like, brain, tell me everything you want to say about this situation. Mm -hmm. Let her rip. And then almost like your pot on the stove, I said, thank you very much. I'm going to go put that on the pot on the stove with the lid. And I'm really, you know, it's sort of like giving it its airing and giving it its due so that I don't so that I know when I'm listening to it and when I'm listening to myself. When that stuff is out of the way, I come back online and I can make choices that, you know, I always feel like if I'm making a choice and honestly, when my energy is clean and I make a choice about something, it is almost always received with openness. It's so weird. When you make impulsive decisions that are either passive aggressive or they're, you know, they're like, I'll show them how valuable I am or how irreplaceable I am or, you know, whatever that narrative is. Um, those things tend to be received with the energy in which they were they were given, which is a little aggressive, a little combative, a little like, you know, trying to hurt someone. Right. And that's not that's not what we are talking about with quitting. You know, we're really talking about making a clean energy, something you thought about, something you're at peace with. And then when you relate it to someone else, they feel that peace. They feel that kind of comfort and and it doesn't get their back up. Mm -hmm. And then something new usually happens. And quitting, I I feel like as a as a general rule, we underestimate what we're capable of in terms of humans and resilience and the ability to make lemonade out of lemons with anything and with everything. So I probably because of that philosophy I have generally towards life and humanity, I am very pro quitting. <laughs> if a yes. long record of things I've quit and <laughs> I supported my kids in quitting and my husband is very loyal. So he, he definitely is like, you let her quit band in the middle of the semester isn't her performance in two weeks. This was Georgia in sixth grade. And I'm like, yes, she wasn't happy. It's spring weather. She wants to go out and play. She wasn't practicing anyway. It's sixth grade band, babe, right? So I think we can really put this whole story around what it means if somebody, you know, quit band or quit basketball or or quit their first job out of college because all of a sudden they realized they didn't want to be a chemical engineer. And Boy, that's good to know. Would it have been good to know before all the education of getting a chemical engineering degree? Yeah, but that that happens to the best of us, right? That happens to everybody. That, oh, I thought this was going to be this, but then it wasn't. Yeah. And you know what I'm saying? I mean, I I do idealize this, this, you know, utopian kind of world where everybody is only where they want to be, <laughs> right? Relationships would be better. Um, places you do business, right? Where you, you, where somebody is working, that's better because they're where they want to be. You're where you want to be, right? There's just, there's just 
there's so much freedom. Obviously, that's utopian and, and unrealistic. But I kind of try to get as much to that as possible. So I have, I have quit. You know, I was in three different industries in my first four years out of college. My grandmother was terrified. She's like, "What about the pensions?" I'm like, "Not going to be a pension." Yeah. I, and she's like, "You're not going to get a pension." I'm like, "Grandma, you were with the phone company for like 50 plus years. <laughs> Even if I stay with the first, you know, Wells Fargo Bank for 50 years, there's probably not going to be a pension. Probably not. Yeah." <laughs> And, and look, you know, anyway, yeah, we talked about that too. Like I, I didn't, because I was sick when I was getting my PhD, I spent so much time obviously getting that PhD and passing my boards and all of it. But when it came right down to getting licensed, right. And having to work for two years, um, supervised for like for no pay, I was like, that's not, that's not worth it to me. And it's not like I threw it away. I use it every day in different ways. I don't work in, you know, as a, a reimbursable psychologist, right? Um, from a health insurance standpoint. But to me, that was a very powerful decision of I was on somebody else's map of how many years from my mas- two masters, then a PhD. So I'm like nine years in, and then I had another two years. That's 11 years of a track that, you know, after you get cancer, you reassess, right? You're just like, and I had little kids and I'm like, I'm not, I'm not sitting behind somebody else's desk right now. I'm just not doing it. So, so to me, that's a very empowering decision. Um, A lot of people look at it like, how could you do that? But everything in my life had changed at that point from when I initially made that decision. The reassessment was, was vital. And, you know, God bless, I ended up in a position where that wasn't the reason why I went into that field was because I wanted a field that I could walk around with and be independent and be my own person and not have a boss. And there were so many reasons why I did it, you know, but then I, I have my husband, he takes care of me, I take care of the kids. And it's a different, it's totally different than the way I thought my life would go. And yeah. And so did I quit? Yeah. Um, but I, I don't look at it like that. I look at it as an evolution. It, to me, it was more being on a, a path, right. And you it's a decided, redirection. Yeah. You decided not to complete something that you'd started, which probably in Webster's dictionary is quitting, but yeah. you don't look at it that way because you're seeing, you let it be something beautiful and blessed and okay that was what I knew then and given the way my life is unfolding and the way I'm choosing to be me amidst these these people that I love my family my kids all these things I'm making a different choice now yeah and I'm allowing my husband to take care of me which is something I never wanted Mm -hmm. right my independence my sovereignty my whatever was was wrapped up in this independence that this PhD afforded me, right? Independent financially and all this stuff. And so it, it, it was a nice, it was a really nice shift. Um, good quit, Jill, good quit. It was good, it was a good quit. Um, and I look, I have, a, I have a bunch of those. Um, but, you know, most people that look at that be like, you were, you invested this amount of time and you walked away. And I'm like, yes, I did. So... Another layer of that is that so many of us and other people that may have an opinion about what we quit, they don't know what you know, right? And like we were talking about earlier, some of the reasons that some of the reasons we make choices we made to say yes to anything along the way is based on limited information or ding, 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 misinformation, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Let me open the door for Samson here. So the idea of a relationship, somebody changing to the point that they're not the same person that you fell in love with or that you became friends with, there are choices there. And I think there should be choices there. When I meet a young psychology student and or a social working major, and I'm like, so are you good with the part where you have to work for free for years when you are the most educated, you know, you'll probably be. Right. Are you, do you know that? Are you, are you cool with that? Right. Yeah. 
Because med- in medical students, right, medical students know that they're going to have residency, they're going to be, you know, it's, it's a form of like indentured servant. In, in it way. is, it's indentured right. servitude for sure. And they, they know that though, there's no secret, but I feel like in some career paths and some industries and in some jobs, even there's this whole other side of it of, oh, oh, well, why didn't you guys, oh, that wasn't in the interview. <laughs> that yeah, was, exactly. That wasn't on the job website. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> wait, what? <laughs> you know? Um, so as you have more information and if you do let yourself be mind, body, and spirit, and mind, heart, and gut, right? All of those working together in a in a more informed kind of, it's it makes it more complicated, I'm not going to lie. If you just listen to your brain, you'll be like, right, left, right, left, yes, don't, left, don't, right? So it is more complicated. The more of the layers of you, you let into it, right? Well, I might regret that decision. Yeah, you might. Some of us are real with regret, and some people don't feel regret, and God bless them, right? I am one of those people like, maybe we shouldn't have sold that house and moved into this house. And, oh, you know, I, I let myself go there because I'm not bothered by it. I kind of am, I'm kind of curious about all the scenario analysis that can happen, but it makes it more complicated when you look at all the layers, all the more reason to pause. Mm-hmm. Like you were saying earlier, Jill, because there isn't one right answer, but in certain moments, it may feel like there is. And the more open overall you are to the new information you will acquire as you go about your being you in this world, the more equipped you are to be real and honest with yourself about what you maybe would like to quit or change your role in or whatever. There's so many, there's so many possibilities and all these things, but I, I would love for anyone that is where you don't want to be or in a situation you don't want to be in or spending money on supplements you don't want to be spending, you know, you, you could quit those. And by giving yourself that permission, you do give yourself more freedom, which is where you started off. Yeah. And look, I think it's, it's not the norm, right? That, that I think people give themselves a, a, a wide berth. You know, a lot of times we feel like we should know more than we should know, um, that we should have answers that, we don't have. And so there's just a lot of self-flagellation that goes along with it. I, on the other hand, am not a fan of regret. I don't, I don't believe in regret. I don't, I mean, if I've, if I've misbehaved and I've, I've hurt someone, you know, I, I apologize. Right. But I don't, I don't spend a lot of time going backward because regret is a historical kind of thing. And you have the ability to keep regret from becoming very emotional and sticky. A lot of people don't have that, including me. So regret is a very powerful energy if I, if I allow it in, and I do not. That goes in the pot. To me, regret is a brain construct. Um, you know, there are, if there are infinite roads that you can take, then then to me, there's just an understanding that there's not a right one and a wrong one. Mm-hmm. They're just different. Yeah. And everything ca- takes you in a different direction. And I always say, if God, God over here is not better than God over there. So regret in a lot of respects for me is a trivial brain, brain pursuit that, that usually, usually brings me kind of low. And so, and there's guilt that's wrapped up in that and often blame. So those three things uh, tend to clump together. So I don't spend a lot of time there. I do more just say, to your point, I get curious. Here I am, you know, I'm in this forest now and I'm in this, you know, wonderland now. And I, and I try to not take things personally, right? Allow things to show up. And I I think that everything that shows up in your life is there for, and everyone that shows up in your life is there for you to change your relationship to it. If you're having a barrage of, you know, what I'll call negative experiences at a job or a barrage of negative experiences in a relationship with a partner, you know, um, or just walking around, you know, and people are coming at you in all these ways, right? Walking down New York City, it's like, oh, I, you know, I ran into his bad day. So if you're having that stuff come at you, your brain is interpreting 
What's wrong with you? Why are you a magnet for this kind of stuff? What are you doing? There's a lot of things, negativity that you may be using against yourself there that is inappropriate, right? And so that's that's a very important piece there is to not be asking what's wrong with me um, and then try to, in a weird way, change yourself, right? That's the wrong question. I'm not going to play devil's advocate, but I am going to look at this from another side because I agree with everything you said. And I am thinking of examples, to use your metaphor, still in the shallow end of the pool of individuals that are a certain season of their life and they feel like their their friends don't call them anymore. Their life isn't going the way they thought it would. Um, Sometimes these are clients that have been referred by somebody else and when, when they have, when it's their turn to share, because normally intuitively I'm sharing first, right? And they talk about a momentous thing in their ha- life that happened that like their glory days from like 40 years ago sometimes, mm-hmm. right? There's, they are stuck in the past. They're stuck in a, and energetically what's happening with a lot of individuals that it feels like everyone is just kind of quitting them. They've turned into a version of themselves that is aversive to other people. Yes. For those individuals, I actually do want them to notice, like, where did everybody, you know, who has left you that you miss the most? And let's look at that because you have choices in how you are. And do you want to be the person that every time you do get together with, with that friend that you miss the most or that relationship that you miss the most or that job that you miss the most? How are you using that time? If you're complaining and talking about the past and this isn't going right and that isn't fair, that isn't somebody that people want to be around. So I, I feel like there's a healthy, loving way to do that where you're giving yourself permission to go, wow, I don't know if I'd want to be with me. Right. Right. I mean, I was kicked out of band and I, (laughs) you know, I had no ill will against the band teacher, none. I, I respected him more. I was like, that was good. Right. I would have <laughs> kicked me out too. <laughs> right. So if you're an employee that just, you can't get that promotion, right. You're everybody, it feels like everybody else is getting it and not you. What is going on? Right. Right. Are you somebody that is an asset to the team or are you just not as pleasant to be around for whatever reason? And that's not to be like, yeah, yeah. There's nothing you can do about it. There's so many things you can do about it. A hundred percent. Your version of being you is getting you quit on regularly or bypassed. There are so many different ways you can rewire yourself. Like Jill and I have been talking about all along mm-hmm. in the series and we'll continue to. You have so many different ways to run that brain. You just may not know what they are yet. Those people to, to your, you know, to your example, those people don't like themselves. Right. That is it. That is a, that's what I get a lot. Right. Mm -hmm. They're, they're, they're not happy. Right. So when I, but they may like themselves still. Sometimes they they, love themselves so much and they can't understand why nobody else does. There's a delusion. There can be a delusion. To me, there's a facade there. Right. There's, there's sort of an overcompensation. And look, that's what you and I do well. Right. We, we sort of get in there figure out what the what the brain is queuing up there right and and then we tease it apart so there isn't you know there isn't one you're bringing up one version I'm bringing up another version there's there are infinite versions of people right I'm I'm referring to people who are you know things are going sour in their lives and they're using it to beat themselves up So it's more like the empathic people who are saying, you know, this went badly. It must have been my fault that we're taking on. There are people who take on too much. Yes. Are there people who don't take on enough responsibility? Absolutely. Um, And there are people who take on too much responsibility. And if you can't discern that for yourself, then yes, go go speak to someone who knows you well, or, you know, call someone to help, to help you get that teased out and know which version of what Jill and I are talking about um, relates to you. It is very hard when your brain is in, has a deficit, it hides the deficit, 
then it overcompensates, but it doesn't feel like an overcompensation. It feels like the norm until you go back and understand why that overcompensation is there. It's almost like a loop. And you have to see both sides of the loop. You have to see where the deficit is and where the overcompensation is or nothing can actually change because the whole loop has to go, yeah. right? Um, because it just keeps playing itself out. That's what a program is, right? A program is a brain loop um, yeah. that you keep ending up in this same position. And that's what that's what patterns are so great for. You're like, wait, I thought I tried something new, but I ended up here anyway. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's what the brain does. And that's why if you just quit without understanding what the program is behind the quit, you're just going to repeat the quit and you're going to repeat and you will go into regret and shame and all these other things. You won't be able to kind of say, I chose this, you know, let me see why, let me see where, which is really just a brain hack. It's not, you know, it's not a, um, it's not something you even have to believe. You really are saying, if I chose this, then what? It's curiosity, really more than anything. And what, that's what you and I are trying to do is sort of ask the questions. And you do it so well, Jill, that inspire us to be curious about a situation rather than being taken down by it. Exactly. Yeah. I am. I'm actually, I know some people maybe, um, maybe like, why did you guys go in this last 15 minutes? I love that we went in this last 15 minutes because it is exactly this type of, of, um, downward spiral, upward spiral. This is going to take me down. This is going to, you know, lift me up a type of dynamic that actually keeps us in some cases from making these choices or even considering the choices to quit. Right. Exactly. So, um, yes, if you are, yes, I don't want to repeat what we've already said. I love that you took it from an angle and then I added another, another angle to it to look at because information is just information. The brain and the emotional body's ability to put a negative story on it to your detriment. Some do have patterns of that. And I love I love it when those individuals get help that he, they just said they didn't want to hire you for that position. They didn't say you were a loser. <laughs> you yeah. know? They never you added that. <laughs> yeah, you added a lot to it, right? <laughs> yes. so somebody that tends to be downward spiraling or capable of just really like, yeah, the world is definitely ending today. You know, mm-hmm. they've got a lot of other storylines that their brain and their habits are adding to it that are not real. They're all right. imagined. They're all imagined, right? So I, the ability to, to redesign yourself so that you are capable, not you, Jill, obviously, but anyone that has that, that tendency of information can cause downward spirals so that they want to limit information. If they're functioning well in the world, there may be nothing to change here, but you can create another version of you that is not afraid of information. That information right. is just information. Like you were saying, it, it's a neutral charge. It's not positive or not negative. It's just info. I didn't get the position or I don't like this job. I'm, I'm, I'm bummed out and frustrated every time I, with that friend. <laughs> right. right. And that neutral position it. though, it comes from shutting off that meaning maker. Right. The, the, the brain, the brain though takes yeah. information which can be neutral and it interprets it, right? Mm -hmm. It's that interpretation that you want to catch. What interpretation am I putting on this? You know, everything is neutral to me. A divorce is neutral. Getting fired is neutral. Everything is neutral until we bring our story to it, Mm. right? And then that decides, you know, which which way, you know, the frown or the grin, that, that decides it. Right. So if we can stay in that neutral space long enough and we do that pause and just say, this is neutral, a lot of times we are interrupting that program. Right. And that interrupts that downward spiral. But that downward spiral is a brain program. And what we're we're offering is how to interrupt that so that when you are choosing leaving a job, it doesn't come with all the baggage. I'm not going to have finances. I'm not going to have friends. I'm not going to get a good referral. I'm, you know, leaving so many people that I like, even though I hate the job. I mean, you can go on and on and on and on, right? And and just freeze yourself. 
and you don't need to do any of those things. Life takes care of you. You take care of you. Even your higher aspects of you ultimately take care of you, right? You don't have to be so afraid of the decisions that you make. And every decision begets another decision. If you make a decision and you don't like that decision, there's still another choice to be made. There's always another choice to be made. And the brain says, this is it. This is the choice. You screw this up, you're screwed for life. It doesn't really make accommodations for, well, if I screw this up, I'll just make another choice. Mm -hmm. That's missing in a lot of people. I like that strategy that you just offered. And for those that that works, I'm so glad they have it, right? I want to offer an additional strategy. Um, and that is where if you if you are a very highly, highly opinionated person and being neutral is not natural to you and you don't think you can do it, that's okay too. You don't have to pretend you're neutral about things that you're not neutral about. So for those individuals, the opportunity to be very real with yourself, but very honest with yourself that you also don't know how things are going to go, right? There is a belief system that that many have, and it works well for them, that the universe is taking care of them, that God is going to take care of them, and that everything will go okay. I actually have um, a, a different belief system that I feel is more true uh, for me, right? Again, beliefs are beliefs because we don't have objective evidence over what's true and what's not. Yeah. But my belief is that it is up to each of us to take care of ourselves, right? That doesn't mean not receiving help. If there is somebody like in a a mutually beneficial, loving, harmonious relationship that is legit taking care of many of the things in someone's life, that's awesome, right? But asking the world to take care of us and acting as if there is this meandering plan of well-being all designed for our well-being, I don't think that's true. And I say that I don't ascribe to that either. When I say I take care of myself, I'm like, I, yeah, that's not what I was saying. Okay. let's. let's (laughs) That's how it came out. (laughs) So there I've being, being in podcasting for 10 plus years, I can hear the people will receive it. So I'm not what you said or what you believe. I'm just saying that for some people that think they heard that I'm wanting to offer another storyline for them. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. So for those individuals that are like, okay, the world's going to take care of me. I don't think that's true. So for some individuals that are thinking about quitting a job, I think you should have another job lined up first if you need that income, right? If you need to be in a relationship and you have a really hard time being alone, then you probably aren't going to want to quit a relationship until you feel like you have some sort of friendship or something that's going to make you feel connected and with a teammate of some sort, right? There are so many different ways to be honest with ourselves and I think more real with ourselves about what is like the world's job or the universe's job or God's job and our job. So I've seen that go wrong for people when they, when they are in the, in that belief system. And I, I'm concerned about them, right? I'm concerned about it too, because to me, that's a waiting position, right? And when I, when I say waiting position, that's not the same as a pause. A Mm -hmm. pause is an active I know that these aren't right and I'm choosing to pause. Waiting is almost a behind the eight ball energy where you're like, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? And then you're not generating anything, right? In the pause, it's sort of like shutting down the negativity. The waiting in a weird way keeps the negativity there while you're trying to get good stuff in. (laughs) And that's like a zero sum game, right? You can't can't be in a negative frame And again, that's what we talked about earlier. It's like there's a fundamental shift that has to go on. Mm -hmm. It's it's a shift in energy, but it's a shift in the way you use your brain and the tangents that you allow it to go on and the programs that you allow it to run. If you don't fundamentally see those things and change those things, then you get same shit, different day, no matter what choices you make. Yeah. And you don't feel empowered. And that's what causes the spiral. Right. I thought I made a choice, but I ended up in the same place. It can be confusing. I mean, this reality, it doesn't, things don't, I think things in this reality regularly don't go the way maybe we want them to, or the way we think they should, or things don't make sense. And that doesn't have to be, um, I mean, that can be something that you just take stock of and add to your, 
add to your strategic set of, okay, I'm going to try this. It's all an experiment. I'm going to try this and see, see if it does have a a better outcome and feel better for me give me more choices and be, and support me in being a better me. Right. Yeah. So what would you say in summary about knowing when to quit Jill? There's a lot here. I, I, there is a lot here. So I'm going to listen to it again too. I think in summary, it's that I think let's defang what quitting is and really make it the powerful choice that it is and try not to be so um, fearful of it. But the biggest thing is watch that catch 22. If you only have two bad choices, quitting or staying, you know, and both of them lead, neither of those is correct in that moment. So just back float, (laughs) right? That's, That's my thing. Take a pause, know that there's a third way and allow for that space to open up, right? And in that space, I promise you something jumps in. It's you. It's not the universe. It is you. But it's it's you allowing yourself to think without the chatter of, I got really bad choices and somehow I have to justify one of these really bad choices. And that's what we're trying to shut down. You never only have two shitty choices to choose from. I like that. I guess my summary would be if you're somebody that resists quitting and you, you'd have the motto of, you know, quitters never win and winners never quit that kind of thing. It's possible that you're, you feel stuck and disempowered in a lot of situations that isn't, that isn't benefiting anyone, including the others and including you. And then for individuals that um, maybe quit too often, are you giving yourself the credit you deserve? That even in a less than ideal situation, you have a lot of choices in who and what you are in that situation, right? Some people that quit have a tendency of quitting too often. They're not giving themselves their, their sovereignty, their agency for, okay, I know I don't like working here, but I can be a great me in a place I don't like to work, yes. right? So many choices, or even in a relationship, um, you know, creativity and marriages is happening a lot right now where there's, you know, two bedrooms and a lot of autonomy in the marriage. And maybe the kids are long gone or there are no kids, but it's just like, we are calling this a marriage. We still have all these joint assets and things like that, but we're not romantically involved like we were before. So let's just be roommate-ish and see if that works out, right? That for some individuals, that type of creativity um, and originality is, is a great solution, right? There's just so many ways, yeah. so many choices we have, but I'm not, I'm not anti-quitting. I'm not always pro-quitting. Every situation and every individual deserves, deserves a full reflection on the, all the different choices involved in what feels best to you. I agree. And, you know, you do bring up a good point is that if you are the person who is, is, you know, sort of quitting too much, and you sort of know that about yourself, right, then there is still much of what we have said still applies. It's still about taking stock. And probably you should listen to the the confidence one that we, you know, that we put out a couple of weeks ago, because there's, there's this idea that we don't trust ourselves in a lot of respects. And, um, you know, so I think that that would be a good a good podcast to kind of listen to. It's, um, yeah, this can go either way. I love it. There's a lot here, Jill, and I have heard from people now that we have enough. Now that we have enough in the queue, I'm hearing from more and more people that those that love it, they listen to it multiple times. Yeah, there are so many layers, and the the wisdom bombs that you're offering are just so incredible. And I hope that the experience and the wisdom that I'm offering adds, you know, context and it just helps people feel better equipped to be a version of themselves that they like and love. Yeah. I think you and I offer, you know, just, just a lot of leeway, you know, there's just, we can be so much easier on ourselves, even while being hard on ourselves, right? If there are things that we want to accomplish, yes, we can do that, but we don't have to throw the baby out with the bathwater. We don't have to abandon ourselves. And we certainly, I give everybody just a lot of permission at this point to reassess. Don't be afraid to reassess. You're not going to break things, right? You're, you get, you know, radically reassess is what I would say and do it often. 
right? Because as things go on, that's where you get like, I don't want to look, I don't want to look, I don't want to know, right? So this reassessment is really a beautiful tool. The brain resists it, I think, a lot because the brain likes to say, I chose it. I don't want to look at it again. I made the decision. This is my decision. This is who I married. This is the job I took. This is the profession I chose. This is, you know, and the brain just says, you're done. You're done. Put it in a box and you're done. And you're never done. A decision that you made is it's like the gift that keeps on giving. So just make sure that you give it that chance to come out and play and play with it. And don't don't be afraid of it. Don't That's be afraid good. of reassessing. I know we're wrapping up, but I do want to add that what you were talking about right there, there's an accounting term, um, sunk cost. Mm -hmm. You don't get the money back that you already spent on something. So yeah. if it isn't an investment, it was just money you spent, then it is what it is. So for individuals that are using that sunk cost type of mindset to stay in a position that they would rather quit, you're not, you're not getting those years back by staying in a situation that you wouldn't choose again. And then my favorite economic thing is diminishing marginal returns. Yeah. Right? You've peaked. Things are starting to go down. Notice <laughs> when you've hit the cusp and don't ride that train all the way to the bottom. Unless you want to. Unless, Unless you want to. Of course. Right? Ride it. Don't ride it. I don't care. But, <laughs> but, but at least be honest with yourself that for yes. each increment, you're getting less and less joy out of it. Okay. Right. And if that's, if you want to like take, you know, take the, from the joy ride to the buzzkill, that's totally your choice, but don't delude yourself, you know, that what used to give you so much joy, maybe not doing that so much anymore, you know, and that's something to kind of look at and. That's you great. know, again, change your relationship to it. You don't have to jump ship all the time, but you can, you know, decide that this is no longer offering you what it does and you can go get that somewhere else. You know, if you, I don't know, I'm not talking about cheating on your spouse. Don't go there with that. It's too late for that. We should, we got to cut it off or we're going to go in bad places. <laughs> Trust yourself, everybody. We trust you, hopefully. And we, I believe that sometimes we trust you more than you trust yourself. Yeah. And that comes yes. into play when it comes and to And we play. see you in lighter ways than you see yourself, right? So I think that we're, we'll always, you know, err on the side of seeing your strengths, right? Even though a lot of people come to us and just pump out their weaknesses, right? And no matter what they say, we're looking through all that, right? And we, we see what, they're not saying. Beautiful. Right. And you might be a super high functioning, high achiever type that actually, oh, totally. yourself. and yeah. there might be something that in there, you're just like, I don't know if I want to stick with this anymore. I tried this business and it isn't going the way I thought it would. And yeah, we're, I'm, I'm a pro quitter kind of person when yeah. the situation calls for it. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. Well, no one to quit everybody. <laughs> no one to quit. <laughs> I love you, Jill. Thanks for doing this. I love this you day. too.